The Landlord and Lawyer Podcast with Ben Beadle and Tessa Shepherdson. Hello, everybody. And uh, after a bit of a gap, I'm afraid we have another Landlord and Lawyer Podcast for you. And he's Ben Beadle. He's the Landlord. And she's Tessa Shepherdson. She's the Lawyer. And today we're going to be talking to um, Simon White, who is the chief civil servant in the Welsh government dealing with these uh, Welsh changes that all Welsh landlords are going to have to grapple with. Yeah, we have a lot of interaction with um, Simon, uh, Tessa and Simon's team. And, uh, you know, he's been about the block. He's uh, seen these things um, come out of the come out of the Law Commission in their infancy and he's now seeing them through. So, um, you know, we'd be careful not to give him too much of a hard time because he is only the, uh, the the civil servant rather than the uh, the, the policy uh, director, if, if, if you will. But um, I think it should be an interesting discussion because there's obviously a lot of concern and a lot of change going on in Wales. Well, welcome everybody. Here we are with Simon White, um, who works for the Welsh Government. Simon, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Yes. Hi, Tessa. Hi, Ben. Nice to be with you to do the podcast. Um, so, yeah, my name is Simon White. I'm head of housing legislation for the Welsh Government. So I've been involved in the um, policy around and development of the renting homes legislation uh, for quite a few years now. Um, and obviously looking forward to the implementation on the 1st of December. Um, I, I recognize there's a, it's quite a, a big change in terms of the legislation that, that landlords and tenants will um, need to understand. But hopefully we're, we've put quite a lot of information and guidance out there but very happy to be with you and uh, happy to sort of uh, respond to questions and try and provide clarification where I can. Okay, I mean, I'd just like to mention first, just to say to people that that what you're doing is actually the implementation of the Law Commission's um, very detailed report, which I was involved in back in the day, um, which was published in 2006 and which was completely ignored by uh, the, the English government, but which, you know, years down the line has been picked up by Wales. Certainly, yes. And, and it was it was very well received in Wales when the Law Commission published their recommendations back in 2006. So um, it just at the time, the Senate didn't have the powers that were necessary to implement the legislation as proposed by the Law Commission. And obviously there, there was the further devolution referendum in 2011. And after those additional powers came to the Senate, uh, we were in a position to start implementation. And, and so, um, yeah, so that, that's the background to it. And I've worked very closely with the Law Commission at the outset, really, to sort of have a good understanding of what they were proposing. And I think, I, I suppose my reflection on, what, on where they were coming from is just how complex law, the housing law is and continues to be um, because of the range of different acts that are, that are relevant. And really what the Law Commission did was try and pull all of the key legislation into one piece of, uh, of uh, one, one act. And um, that, as well as bringing together bits from different disparate pieces of legislation, also brought together sort of case law and some of these things. So the, the, the idea really is that 
um, housing law going forward after the implementation of renting homes will be a whole lot easier to understand um, than it is at the moment. And, and actually, that's something that a lot of lawyers have said to me over the years as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Just just to mention briefly, of course, that it just for listeners, it doesn't include um, the protected tenancies. They're going to stay the same, aren't they? There's not that many of them anymore, but I understand that they are remaining the same and protected tenants will have the same protection. That's right. Yes, it, it doesn't affect those sort of pre pre nineteen eighty nine tenancies. Yeah. Um, the focus is very much on uh, sort of a short short hold tenancies, a short tenancies, and then of course local authority uh, secure tenancies and and so on. But yeah, absolutely. and and also um, residential landlords as well, I assume. Um, Remind me. <laughs> uh, oh yes, if you if you, if you're talking about shared accommodation. Is that what you were referring to? Um, well, I mean, in England, if you've if you've got a resident landlord, um, live-in landlord, yeah, live-in landlord, um, that's not an assured shorthold tenancy; it's an unregulated tenancy. Yeah, so under renting homes, there, there, if you've got a lodger type arrangement, then that will where they're basically where there is shared accommodation with the landlord, then that will not be a renting homes occupation contract generally. Um, it can it can be made one by issuing a notice. Yeah. The landlord can issue a notice. But no, so lodger arrangements um, generally sit outside of renting homes. But but um, renting a property in the same building isn't necessarily a lodger. It can be a complete separate flat, like a garden flat or renting out the whole top floor of the house where it's totally self-contained and it's a tenancy with their own front door, but in the same building. Well, in that arrangement, um, it would it would constitute a renting homes occupation contract, yeah. yes. So, so you're, um, so you're pulling those together. Got, where you've got that exclusive occupation, yeah, yeah. it would uh, it would count as a, a renting homes occupation contract. And Simon, tell me, um, I think our mutual acquaintance, uh, Professor Martin Partington, had a lot to do with um, uh, uh, these rules. Who's he was my old boss at uh, at, at TDS, but a lot of landlords will will look at. Um, what's coming in and I guess question whether or not it simplifies things is this something that will s simplify things in time uh, for the benefit of the sector um, yes I think it will because I think you know there is I, I do recognize there's kind of a hump to get over in terms of the implementation you know the terminology is changing some of the you know sort of so some of the, the wording that people use at the moment, you know, Section 21 notices, well, it's not going to be a Section 21 notice in future, it's going to be some, called something else. So there is, a, there is that sort of change. But um, I actually think once people have, have got their head around the legislation, um, it will become more straightforward than, than it is at the moment, because um, essentially, there's going to be very little difference from between tenancy agreements. So at the moment, if you're a, a private tenant and you're moving from one private landlord to another, um, you're faced with a very different looking tenancy agreement. I mean, it can, it can alter radically and indeed moving between the private rented sector and the social rented sector. So I think over time, I think tenants will, will get a better understanding of what the sort of terms and conditions, if you like, the, the, the clauses under which they occupy the, the premises. Um, and I think um, organisations that provide advice will, will have a better understanding because the, the clauses will all be much more consistent. Uh, and I think, yeah, landlords too. I think organisations will be able to provide better help and support to landlords because 
the, the terminology is, is not going to differ in the, way, in the way it does at the moment. So I think that there will, it will become a lot easier. And I, I remember someone saying to me some time ago that the, I think it was a, an assured short-hold tenancy agreement that they were buying on the high street somewhere. Um, but actually, the agreement was, was incorrect, and, and yet landlords were buying it. Um, what we have, of course, done is brought together all of the key um, sort of bits of legislation, put, uh, produced model contracts that are downloadable from our website. So landlords you know, will be able to download a contract and pretty much go you know, use it in com the confidence that it meets the legislative requirements. Um, I so take yeah, issue with that. I take issue with that because there are some crucial things which are not in the model contracts. Um, I think um, to use the abandonment procedure, I think you have to say that, um, the, I'm sorry, I haven't looked at this recently, so I'm doing this a bit from memory, but um, I, I think you have, to, you have to have a certain clause, which isn't actually in the model, model tenancy agreement. It also doesn't include the clauses about deposits. So I think landlords should be very careful indeed about using the model agreements as they are. I mean, I, I think they're okay as a base for, for working on, but I don't think landlords should use them exactly as they are. They need to get one that's been adapted for landlords. I think they, they are a model for landlords to take and, and work with, absolutely. So I think the, um, the, the abandonment clause you're referring to, um, there just needs to be a term in there that says the, the individual um, is, to occupy it as their only or principal home because obviously yeah, if they're not if they're not occupying it as their only or principal home it would be um difficult to determine that an abandonment had taken place yeah but i so mean most landlords are, wouldn't think of that <laughs> most most landlords wouldn't think of that you know yeah. it's not something that they yeah. think of and then they'd be really upset because they wouldn't be able to use the abandonment procedure you know so they, well, they can't be used yeah. as they are landlords you know make sure you get an amended one or join the nrla and make sure no, no, join landlord law. <laughs> <laughs> both landlord law and nrla are working to uh, to develop um compliant exactly. agreements so either would be good but i, I, I think and, it is a point to say, as, as an example i mean the the contracts um, they will have the fundamental terms which are coming from the act they will have the supplementary terms that come from the secondary legislation we've made and then we, we do you know the legislation has always recognized there will be additional terms and the one that i often quote is a, a, a pets clause i mean that that would be something that for the landlord and tenant to agree um, and there may be other terms that are appropriate to include as well so yeah it's it's it, it all we've always recognized from the get-go really that there will be additional clauses and the, the model written statements are a, you know, a basis to start working from, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. And, and Simon, tell me, how, how are you feeling about the preparedness for the new date? Um, I, think, I think there's um, obviously a lot of information that we've been putting out uh, there for landlords to understand. Uh, um, we obviously announced the original date of the 15th of July back in January of this year. So. Um, that's when we published all of the information, for example, around the new fitness for human habitation requirements, the model written statements, the supplementary terms, um, and started communicating with landlords um, via RentSmart Wales. I think that's one of the things we're very fortunate in Wales to have, um, um, the ability through RentSmart Wales to send messages out to every registered landlord. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that um, landlords know about the, um, the, the the upcoming implementation of the act um, and indeed you know obviously we, we do get quite a lot of queries on on, on various issues um, so yeah i think the um 
the sector as a whole uh, knows knows what's coming. Um, what I always say to landlords is from the 1st of December, you will need a new contract that you're going to issue to any new tenancies from the 1st of December. So that's almost the first priority is to make sure you've got that new contract if you, if you think you might need to issue one um, on or after the 1st of December. Um, for those existing tenancies that will convert to the appropriate contract, so most, let's say, assured shorthold tenancies will convert to the new um, standard contract, um, you've got a six-month period to actually issue the written statement, the written contract uh, for those converted um, contracts. So you've got a bit of time to deal with those conversions, um, but you've got, uh, obviously, if you're envisaging a new tenancy starting soon after the 1st of December, you will need to issue that written statement within 14 days of the tenancy starting. So that, that's probably something to bear in mind. Well, my, my view is that they ought to sign it before they go in because um, otherwise clauses may not be binding on them. Just a... uh, Absolutely, and I, and, and I, uh, I think probably almost every, I, I, every private landlord I've come across will issue a, a written contract mm. before, the, before the tenancy starts. Um, I'm sure that will continue to be the case. Essentially, the Law Commission provided for the 14 days just to allow for that situation where someone does move in at very short notice. Uh, it just gets a few days for the paperwork to catch up, if you like, with the person moving in. But yeah, I, I, I'm sure that will be the case that they'll be issued in advance. And, and do you have a view, Simon, about, you know, we've sort of spoken about landlords' preparedness for the 1st of December, or private landlords. Do you have a view about sort of the, the, the social sector or local authorities and other interested parties? Yeah, I mean, certainly, yeah, I, I recognise, and that was part of the, the thinking around the delay Indeed. of implementation. Obviously, yeah. we were going to implement on the 15th of July, and we moved it back to the 1st of December. And, and that was really because of the... Um, the huge pressure that certainly social landlords have, that were under coming out of the sort of COVID situation, uh, dealing with a lot of um, you know um, people who are homeless, uh, and of course more recently they've also been providing accommodation to people fleeing Ukraine, and so there's been quite a lot of pressure on the on homelessness services within local authorities, and so it was it was recognising that you know that pressure um, just meant we needed to delay implementation by a few months. But I think um, from, you know, I, I think local authorities and, and housing associations um, are generally well prepared. There may be, you know, there may be some questions that come up. There will always, I think it, it's inevitable in a change of this size, there will always be some queries that arise um, that, that need to be looked at. Um, but I think the fact that we obviously passed the original legislation back in 2016, it's been on the statute book for a long time. So I think a, a lot of, there's a pretty good understanding out there about uh, about what implementation entails and as I said there is that six month period for people to actually um, sort of issue the contracts I think probably the greatest pressures are around the conversion of contracts mm. um, because if you've got if you've got you know if you're a large social landlord with you know a few thousand tenancies that that is quite an issue you know I recognize that's got a lot of work there but but that's why we actually gave more time um, in, in to, to do that um, issuing of the documentation than was originally in the Law Commission's bill, when sure. they, the, the draft bill that they published. Now, do you have any more um, um, secondary legislation still to pass before the 1st of December, or has it all been passed now? 
Um, the, the vast majority is all is sort of done and dusted. There are a couple of things that are still um, in the works, if you like, that will be um, finalised in the next few weeks. Um, so there's a um, what's called a consequential amendments to primary legislation. Um, so that's changing existing sort of primary legislation to reflect renting homes. Um, that was laid on the 11th of October. So that's available on the Senate's website now. Um, that'll be debated in early November because it, it's due to a, it, it's subject to a, what's called the affirmative procedure. So it, it has to be sort of debated and approved in the Senate. Um, we made um, legislation on sort of amending other secondary legislation that was made on the, uh, back in August. Um, a couple of technical court points were raised by the Legislation, Justice and Constitution Committee in the Senate. Um, so we're, we're making a short amending SI in the next, um, that, that'll be laid in the next week or so to address a few points there. Um, I suppose one of the, um, as, as you'll be aware, we're obviously consulting at the moment on a potential change to um, the no-fault notice period to extend the six-month no-fault notice period to existing tenancies that convert. Um, depending on the outcome of that consultation, um, there may be a need to amend Schedule 12 uh, of the Act, and again, that will have to be done before before the 1st of December um, to reflect any change as a result of that consultation. Um, we are making another, there's a couple of minor technical changes. Um, there's one to the uh, the fitness, human fitness for Human Habitation regulations. Uh, since we produced those regulations back in January, um, the relevant British standard for the electrical wiring regulations, that has been updated. So the reference in the regs needs to be changed. Uh, and while we, uh, as we're doing that, we're also going to make a tweak to allow for uh, a 14 day period for the landlord to issue um, the electrical safety report, electrical condition report to the tenant rather than the seven days that's in the regulations at the moment. Um, okay. And so a few, there are a few things that, that, are, that are still just sort of um, being finalized, but it's all, pretty sort of um, sort of technical changes now. Obviously, there is that, that change that will depend on the outcome of the consultation. Forgive me, I haven't looked at the regulation. Do we have regulations about the transition, um, how, how it's going to be transitioned and to do with court cases? You know, if you're halfway through a possession claim, what happens, that sort of thing? And have, have yeah, they so, been published? So we published those regulations on our website uh, back in July, I think it was. Um, we haven't actually made those regulations yet because they 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 cross-reference the, the consequential amendment right. regulations. But until we actually make those, we can't formally make the, the transitional and saving provision regulations you've just referred to. Uh, but yeah, certainly what those those transitional um, regulations allow for, you know, where a court case has already started for it to be concluded on, on under existing law, if you like, um, and also for notices that have been served um to continue for a certain period of time so um generally the, there's a six month cutoff date um so any notices will um if they haven't been acted on under the current law will fall away after six months um some might fall away sooner than that so um if a section 21 notice was issued um that would allow um you'd have the normal two month notice period then you'd have two months to um to take action and then after that, that would fall away because what we didn't want to have was a situation where several years down the line, you still had 
notices in force that are under the old law. Yeah, because I think in Wales they go on indefinitely, don't they? Unlike in England with the deregulation rules. Yeah, they do at the, they do at the moment. We didn't. We that change was made on an England only basis because obviously yeah. we have rental homes coming down the coming down the track. Simon, what do you say to those landlords who were kind of expecting a six month lead in to be kind of a dare I say it, a full six month leading because it, it feels to a lot of people that um, you know there's still kind of a lot of tinkering going on um, and you know given that some stuff is still up in the air that doesn't feel like a, a full six month leading any sort of observations there? Um, I suppose what I'd say is we always said we would uh, sort of publish the main requirement your know, main documentation six months in advance so um, including the model contracts so that would include also the, the supplementary term regulations the fitness human habitation regulations i think it i think also i'd say it was probably we, we probably always knew it was only when we pressed go if you like and said this is happening in six months time that that um that some people would start really paying attention to what the legislation meant and you know look at it in in a, in a greater level of detail um, and I suppose as part of that, yes, some questions came up and said, well, what about this situation? What about that situation? So we have some of the changes that we're, we are making um, actually are in response to comments that have been made to us since we, since we pressed go, if you like. So, um, but, but they're, they're fairly, I would say in the main, they're, they're, they're fairly small changes. The, all the, the main substantive stuff has all been out there since the, since the start of the year. Um, so yeah, there, there are some changes, the, um, but no, nothing I think of a significant nature. Obviously, we've got that consultation that's ongoing, as I said. Yeah. But, um, yeah. and, and no plans to slip the date further. First of December is what ministers are working to. That, absolutely, that's what. That, yeah, that's absolutely what we're all working to. Indeed, indeed, Ben. Yeah, first of December. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's also the question of um, what Welsh landlords think about it and um, w whether many of them are voting with their feet, because I think um, when I when I read about, because there are quite a few landlords exiting, um, you know, landlordism generally because of the economy and sort of fears of this, that and the other. But I, I understand that there are more of them in, in Wales, I suppose, because they're spooked by this new legislation, which... Um, Nobody likes a change, do they? Even if they're making it simpler, it still seems very complicated. Um, I, I'm not sure about the more of them in Wales comment. I'm not sure, um, but what? Because um, as you've well, indicated, you indicated, yeah, I know, I know landlords. Yeah, that there, there are reports of landlords exiting the market, you know, uh, across the UK. And I know my my son lives in Ireland. Actually, as it happens, I know that the same issue is is happening there. Uh, I think. The often what I see as being cited are obviously increases in house prices and maybe some landlords are looking to take advantage of that, but also concerns about, I think, the tax changes that came that came some time ago uh, are biting. Yeah. Um, concerns around the EPC energy performance certificate changes, mm -hmm. obviously, that, that that's not a devolved matter to Wales. Um, yeah, I, I recognise some concerns have, you know, some landlords have expressed concerns around, you know, the changes on uh, you know, coming out of renting homes. But I would just say, I think the, the, the core change, obviously, it does require a new contract to be issued, etc. But um, I think once that, you know, once that hurdle is over, I think it will become more, you know, more straightforward and, and there will be more resources available that the landlords can draw on as well. 
and Simon, I don't think it would be breaching any confidences to say, you know, we've had sort of regular dialogue over the summer with yourself and um, and the minister. And it was um, uh, Julie James. I think it's fair to say that she sh shares the concern about, you know, landlords leaving the sector. Right. That came across kind of quite loudly. And it was repeated again in a debate last week about rent control and eviction bans in light of the cost of cost of living. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, absolutely. I think there. Um, again, I mean, one of the one of the things that we do have in Wales is the um, yeah is the registration um, database that Rent Smart Wales manages. Um, so that um, that does give us, um, I suppose, uh, a fairly good insight into where things are. You know, uh, what, what what's going on in terms of new landlords registering or, or landlords deregistering. I think that's an area. Um, you know, we, we are going to try and look more closely at that that data and see what um, uh, what more we can learn from that, I suppose. But certainly at the at a high level, at an all Wales level, there's not been that that does not show a a huge change at the moment. But then maybe there you know it, it, there are pockets where there are probably um, there, there's probably more change than, than elsewhere. Um, but yeah, it's certainly something we're we're paying we're, we're paying close attention to. Ben, what does your um, NRLA sort of researches show? Do, the, do they show a higher level of selling up and exiting in Wales? It, it certainly shows a lower confidence factor. I mean, confidence, is, as Simon rightly uh, observes, is consistently low across England and, and Wales um, for the reasons that, uh, that he articulated, that landlords are principally worried about... Um, uh, the impact of taxation and additional cost. They are very concerned about EPC and energy movements, and you know we kind of await clarity on 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 where that will uh, where that will land up. But I think there is an overriding point, um, notwithstanding Simon's you know, very eloquent explanation of of what renting homes is intended to do. There are certainly a cohort of people in Wales who see the sector as being less attractive as a result um uh, and i think you know that's the point that we make um widely across uh, you know, across the country to be honest that the private rented sector does have a, a big part to play and it needs to be sensibly regulated to make sure that you know criminal landlords do not flourish and that tenants have a really really great experience that's what we want but at the same time, we need a mechanism to kind of be able to bring good landlords along with us on that journey and encourage them to stay and a better mechanism to be able to root out the the, the bad ones. And I think a lot of people are looking at, um, uh, you know, the direction of travel in, in, in Wales and are not feeling comfortable or, or willing about what the new framework will look like or, uh, you know, as Simon says, you know, hopefully that you know people will get over this hump and it will be uh, more simpler for everybody. But I think, um, dare I say, I think there's some people that are, uh, are seeing that hump as a bit of a uh, a bit of a mountain, and I think that that is affecting confidence. And you know, you throw in the sort of increased mortgage costs, which are 
outside of uh, Welsh government's uh, <laughs> control. Um, uh, and, you know, we kind of had the perfect storm of it not feeling a sexy place to be, I think. I think that's the, uh, if, I, if I interpret um, the responses <laughs> of our, our various surveys, I think, I think that's what people are, are, are saying. And it's, you know, it's, it's a problem because in both England and Wales, you know, we don't have enough social housing. Wales has obviously stopped right to buy. England continues to, to sell it off. Um, and the private rented sector overall has shrunk by 260,000 homes. And uh, it's not helpful in the current environment would be my observation. No, it's not. It's going to, it's going to be more of a problem next year, I think, when people can't afford to pay their mortgages. So, uh, um yeah, and we and we know in the in the private rented sector, um, Tessa, that uh, in the course of, over the course of the next twelve months, that twenty percent of uh, fixed term uh, mortgages are going to come up for renewal, and that's going to pose uh, some real challenges, I think. Okay, so one final thing um, I wanted to say, Simon. Um, once all this is over. Um, are there any future things that um, the Welsh Government will want to amend in housing law? I mean, one thing that I can think of is that um, uh, rent repayment orders, which were changed by the Housing and Planning Act 2016, which only applies in England, are the, are the Welsh Government going to bring in equivalent regulations in Wales relating to rent repayment orders? Um there's nothing there's nothing in the works I, I, I can say on that at the moment Tessa I think what I would say is um, we obviously have a white paper um, that will be and a green paper indeed coming out next next year and I think um, that would be probably the focus of it um, in terms of um, further changes of the sort that you're, you you referenced there um, so yeah those, those um, obviously, to introduce those rent repayment orders in Wales would require primary legislation, um, and that you know that, that that's not um, set out at the moment as a as a legislative proposal. Um, well, they 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 are part of the Housing Act 2004. It's just the the Renting and Planning Act 2016 sort of changed them and basically made it easier for tenants to to make applications, which are sort of taking off in England. <laughs> quite a rapid rate lots of tenants are bringing applications um, for landlords not licensing um, their properties if they're HMOs um, yeah as I say it's not it's not something that is in the, um, the, the that is set out as a legislative proposal at the moment um, I mean obviously we, we do have a, a, you know, a, a different way of working in Wales obviously we have the requirement for rent smart Wales and the, the registration and yeah. licensing of landlords um, yeah. So I mean, I think there there generally has been a diversion of of housing law uh, across the UK, um, and um, I think we are, we we always pay attention to what's going on elsewhere, and and there might be things that we can learn from. Um, yeah. But I think the uh, um, but no, certainly nothing um, in terms of changes around renting homes. No, that's the um, that's you know, it, we're, that's we're, it. We're not, we're not looking at further further changes. Um, you know, sort of coming in shortly after implementation or a year or, or anything like that. There will be an evaluation of, of the Act. Um, we are um, going to be commissioning an independent evaluation. That's good. And obviously you will look at, you know, and we will look at recommendations that come out from that and, um, and, and see whether anything does need changing. But no, there's nothing, uh, nothing sort of um, proposed at the moment. Simon, just a, a last question for me, if I may. Obviously, you know, we've been sort of discussing the um uh 
cooperation agreement and within that cooperation agreement is um, a an exploration of rent control. I wonder whether you might just sort of update uh, listeners about where government is with that, notwithstanding the recent debate about, you know, immediate cost of living rent freezes that was rejected, but sort of an onward direction of travel, because I thought that this was going to be subject to sort of a research piece. Um, That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, so research, is, the, the research is planned and that will inform um, and, and there will be a green paper then that will be issued next year. The minister committed last last week in that debate to bring forward a green paper next year Indeed. and that will that will then predate uh you know the the white paper um so that that will look at um you know all issues around rent control and obviously be careful you know be very much informed by the research i think the um major piece of research was done by cash um recently the sort of yep. housing research body uh, and that that did highlight the need for you know further evidence to be uh, and further research to be carried out really so so that's where that that is at at the moment. Um, the, it, it's um, it's again something which I think um, will will need to be informed very much by that research looking across the board, looking across the piece. So no immediate changes. No, <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> nothing, nothing immediate in terms of legislation planned on on that you know, immediately because obviously we want to go through that full policy development process, which is the you know, the research and the, the, the green paper and, and then the white paper um, as set out in as set out in the um, the cooperation agreement. Yeah, because I think the current uh, current changes is, is quite enough for landlords to get their heads around. In, OK, yeah, indeed. Uh, Simon, thanks ever so much for joining us. We really appreciate all of the uh, work that you put into talking to landlords. You've got a difficult uh, a difficult job, uh, but it would be very easy to uh, to hide away. And we're very grateful for you coming uh, to talk to us. So really appreciate it. OK, no thank you. Always very happy to, uh, to to get involved. OK, thanks well, thank much. you very much. Thank you for coming. All the best. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, Ben. Well, I enjoyed that chat with Simon. He's he's a nice bloke, isn't he? Um, we gave him a bit of a hard time in places, but uh, he was very sweet about it. Yeah, he he was. And you know, as I said in the um, uh, at, at the end, there it'd be very easy for sort of civil servants to hide away, and he 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 doesn't. He comes on to lots of uh, podcasts and webinars to talk about you know what's coming down the track, and you know. You win some, you lose some, right? So, um, you know, I think it's very helpful to hear sort of straight from the horse's mouth what's what's what is coming down the track, what's planned, and and what government you know actually thinks about these things. So, I thought it was incredibly interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a Welsh landlord and you're listening, this is going to be a big change. You know, you do need to prepare for it. Um, NRLA and landlord law are sort of working away on stuff for you. Uh, I know I've got a huge collection of frequently asked <laughs> questions, articles and things. And sometimes I've been sitting there staring at the legislation. You know, it's done. It, I don't think it's done my eyes any good, quite no. frankly. <laughs> but I, I think the, the interesting thing that we did touch on there was about housing supply or lack yeah. of housing supply, because... I think it's important to remember that people have a choice when it comes to bringing their home to the market or not. And frankly, if it's not an attractive proposition or it's a too complicated proposition, 
then people will exercise whatever choice they feel. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. And I think this sort of contraction of the private rented sector, whilst is seen as a good thing by some, actually isn't a good thing because there isn't a replacement for it. There isn't, you know, new social housing with the, you know, interest rates and mortgage rates being as they are. It's slightly fanciful to think that people will suddenly be able to buy somewhere. So we do need uh, government to take seriously this contraction of the private rented sector. And I've been really pleased in recent weeks to see Julie James, the minister, make a lot of very favourable comments about yeah. that. We need to see some action. Yeah, I mean, when they when when the sector was heavily regulated before, which was pre-1989, which I remember uh, because that's when I started working as a solicitor. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was more arduous being a landlord and there were less properties, considerably less properties around. But at that time, it was easier to buy a house or a flat. And there was a lot more social housing because it hadn't all been sold off under the right to buy. So it was a different situation. Whereas now, you know, I mean, I'm particularly concerned about next year with these massive interest rate increases, you know, and lots of people are not going to be able to afford to pay their mortgage. And if there isn't a private rented sector to catch them, where are they going to live? One for our next episode, I suppose. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think we're getting Miss Truss along, but we'll see what we can do. Well, I wonder what will happen uh, between now and then. It's yeah. an interesting time, right? Yeah, see how many chancellors and prime ministers will have come and gone by the time we next do our podcast. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much to Simon White, our special guest for today. And uh, we will see you again fairly soon, probably next month. <laughs>